Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I wanna encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls. I am grateful, grateful to be here with you today and so grateful for you listeners that are tuning in and, and investing your time. Thanks for being here. I'm excited for our guest today. I'm excited to, to for him to share with you. Uh, our guest today is Bill Hood. This is a man I've met uh, just, just this past year and have uh, quickly developed a level of respect for him. Um, he's a husband, he's a dad, he's a leader, an entrepreneur, he's a Christ follower, and probably a lot more. And, and we'll find out about that as we get into it. Bill, welcome to the show and thanks so much for being here. Uh, fill in any details or blanks that I might have left out in that intro. Yeah, Todd, it's great to be with you. Um, so thankful for an opportunity to talk about turning triumphs into trials and the triumphs. Um, yeah, my, uh, my background, um, you know, grew up down here in South Florida, um, went off to college, Wheaton college up in Chicago, met my wife, uh, been married now 34 years. Um, we have three grown sons, two are married and one of them and his wife just gave us our first grandson, William Davis of the fourth. So he's actually over here at the house today. So a little <laughs> distraction. Um, but yep, that's me. Love, um, love life. Uh, love the Lord. Um, love what he's done in my life through lots of different things. And thankful to be able to share some of it today. Cool. Well, thank Yes. Thank you. First of all, 34 years of marriage. Congratulations to you and your bride. Thank that's you. That's amazing. Uh, Thank you, and and congratulations on being a granddad. Yes, we're we're so thankful. It's very fun aspect of life now. Um, you know, it, you always hear people talk about it, but once you have a grandchild, it is a totally amazing, new, fantastic thing uh, to be a part of. And um, you know, being able to enjoy loving on him and have a blast watching him grow up, and then hand it back to them. That's always fun too. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I, I frequently hear similar um, uh, testaments about being a grand grandparent, and so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I would say I can't wait, but I can wait. <laughs> uh, we'll wait for Orion yeah. to get about ten years older, at least, hopefully, and then and then worry about that. But it's yeah. awesome that you're able to enjoy it. So so from what you said, um, family's close by. Yes. So thankfully, um, all three of our sons um, went through um, the school that I'm part of, Boca Christian. 
Um, and then they went, all three of them also went off to Wheaton College. Uh, my wife is actually a third generation uh, weedy, we call it. And so all three of our boys decided to follow in our footsteps. And after graduating from Wheaton, they all came home. So one of them is now one of our pastors at our church. One is a personal trainer and actually has his studio here in our home and coaches our defense of our football team at school. And then our youngest, Caden, is home uh, working off some school loans and then getting ready to go to seminary and eventually probably be a pastor and a missionary. Wow. Super cool. So as a, as a dad myself, I just, um, again, as I, as I mentioned in the, in the intro, monster respect, you've successfully raised and launched, um, three young men and they're all, um, they're all serving. They're all giving back. Uh, they yeah. So when I, when I look at their, you know, what I know about it and what, what, and what their, their career trajectory, uh, it's just, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, you, thank you. Their parents did something really well, it seems. <laughs> thank you, Todd. We, um, we often hear that and I, um, always give credit to, um, something that we actually really kind of preach at our school, which is called the triple cord. And we believe that the home, the school, and a church working together are going to help really mold and influence your kiddos. Um, the, the parents can do a lot, but if you don't have a team of people with you helping to mold your kids, it sometimes doesn't quite go as well. And so whenever people say, wow, Bill, you and Kirsten did so well with your boys, I say, yeah, but you know, it wasn't just us. We, we had some other incredible people pouring into their lives. And um, then we would give ultimate credit to the Lord because he's the one uh, who's helped us, given us wisdom and really molded them. Cool. Cool. Um, so, so you mentioned, as we talked, like you, you get that feedback and it'd be pretty easy for, um, for me, as a, as a call it an outsider to the to the Bill Hood family, I think wow, they got they, they got this thing figured out, and it looks so easy. Has it always been? Mm-hmm. Has, has, has it always <laughs> been easy? Tell tell us about the journey, uh, if you will. Yes, yes, go Todd. So, um, turning trials into triumphs. Um, I'll, I'll tell a couple couple different stories um, of life that definitely um, now. Now, God, you know, we are looking at life and very thankful. And and when you look at us now and say, hey, they seem to be got it together. Well, things are are going well right now. And we're very thankful for that. Um, but it wasn't always that way. So um, going back to my, uh, my childhood, uh, my family actually started out the way many do in America today. And my parents were divorced when I was very young. Um, so six months old, went to live with my mom, uh, and her three sisters and my sister. So I was one, one male, five females got in touch with my emotional side early. I tell people and, um, and those, and the first 10 years of life, I, um, came down to visit dad often. He remarried, uh, to my, my incredible stepmom, Carolyn, and, uh, she brought her son and daughter into the marriage. So I have a step sister, stepbrother, and then they 
had my half sister, half brother. So you can kind of picture that whole family dynamics of his, ours, and theirs, and that whole thing. Um, but we, uh, in the first 10 years of life, there was no, um, no talk of God in the family and everybody was a little bit messed up. Dad was alcoholic and addicted to gambling as well. And, um, so some of those trials were happening early on in life. And then, um, there was a dramatic change at, uh, in 1975, uh, my dad said he woke up one morning after missing the tree by six inches driving drunk the night before and realized he needed to find someone who could help him. And he needed someone who knew something about God. So he found Bill Mitchell Sr. here in Boca, who eventually helped him to realize there was a God who loved him enough that it sent his son Jesus for him. And um, so that changed our family. Dad stopped drinking, stopped gambling. I was in Connecticut. And at the same time, a year later, my mom had some really challenging difficulties with mental illness and um, called my dad and said she couldn't take care of me anymore. So dad flew up, got me and brought me down to Boca. As a 10-year-old fourth grader, he put me in Boca Raton Christian School. And that was the first time I actually heard the message um, that there there was a God who loved me enough to send the son Jesus for me. So um, I asked him into my life and uh, that that definitely gave me meaning and purpose. Um, and now things kind of changed. My mom eventually got some help and I would now go visit her uh, at uh, Christmas and summer. And it went like that until I was 16. And then another big trial came along and um, my mom um, committed suicide when I was a junior in high school. Mm. And that was a very difficult time in life um, because I realized, oh, man, I wanted her to know there was a God who could carry her burden and she never knew him. And um, so that was really tough. But uh, God used that moment in my life to really uh, spark within me the desire to share hope with people so that they would realize there's never anything on this planet that is so big and heavy and awful that we should we should take our life and that there's a God who loves them. So that kind of began my uh, part of my mission in life is to just share that kind of hope with people and let them know that there's a way to know God through his son, Jesus. So I started doing that pretty quickly. Actually, the next morning um, in my high school, I went in and shared that message and have kind of been sharing that ever since. Um, so that whole aspect of mental health and um, helping people with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts and stuff is a big one for me. Yeah. So the, that was, um, I would say kind of trials in the triumph in the early stages of life. Um, and then I'll just keep going. Is that good Todd? Yeah. You're, yep. Yep. Okay. Um, I would say kind of my next major, uh, message of hope that I like to give people is on marriage because again, uh, being married, 34 years is amazing, but 
thanks to my wife, we are there. In the first five years of our marriage, we were a wreck. And people often don't know that when they look at us now. And they do kind of think, oh, man, the hoods, they got all together. Well, uh, in the first five years of marriage, I was not a a good husband. Mm-hmm. And um, I allowed all of the other things in life to take priorities over my wife. We, uh, we got married really young. We were, I was 21, she was 20. So we left Wheaton and came down here and I threw myself into life and a lot of great, amazing things, right? School, our church, working with our youth group, working my, with my family's brand new auction business. Um, and then doing all the other stuff that, you know, a young 20 something year old guy does, which was like basketball and football and fantasy football. And, um, and then I actually, something kind of got me that I didn't realize, but I think it's important for people to look at their family background and know some of the things you've got in you, uh, come from your parents. And so my dad's addictive situation with gambling, I should have kind of realized it, but an interesting little thing got me and it was baseball cards. (laughs) And we bought, uh, yeah, we bought a footlocker full of baseball cards to get my, we, I thought my son's college account going, we were going to save up and make baseball cards, something valuable. Well, I would come home from work. Our son was born, Billy was born. So he was about five months old at the time this was all happening. We were married just about five years and I would come home from work after not seeing my wife and son and literally spend hours going through baseball cards. And and then the speculative gambling side of it, which is very interesting, it's a little thing, right? But you buy a pack of cards for five bucks and you find the $100 Shaquille O'Neal back then. I got one of those. And, and um, it's a little like, woo, that was fun. But that can get you if you have a little of that addictive thing. So um, – all of that put together, um, I walked in the door one Saturday morning after playing basketball on a Saturday morning, which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But unless you've been neglecting your wife and son all week long when maybe you should be home with them. <laughs> and um, I walked in the door of our house and my wife handed me a letter that um, she said, you need to read this. I'll call you. And she walked out. and. As I opened the letter, she described exactly how life truly was and how I was as a husband, which was not good. And I, um, as I read, thankfully, I was broken. And um, by the time I got in the middle of it, I was I was just weeping. I couldn't believe how I made her feel. Oh, the other thing was she would try to tell me in those early years of marriage, what was going on. And I was very defensive and angry and harsh with my tongue and cutting in my comments to her. So, um, she described all that and, um, proceeded to explain that she didn't think this is the way it should be. According to Ephesians chapter five, where it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Um, so she, uh, she actually had the video of our wedding reception queued up, which back then it was on a VCR tape Mm -hmm. and, um, she had it in the, in the VHS, the VCR thing. And she said, okay, I want you to pause on the letter 
and she's I'm reading the letter and it says pause now and push play on the thing and it's her papa her grandfather who is this amazing baptist minister giving me a charge on how to love his granddaughter and be the husband I should be and so I'm watching this thing and I'm more broken than I already was and then she goes on to write 1 Corinthians 13 in there and reading that I'm like oh my goodness I am not loving that way. So by the time I get done with the letter, I realize I need some help. And that's a big aspect of life that I have found is we need people alongside us in this whole journey. Mm-hmm. So I called my best friend uh, who was my best man in the wedding, Scott Collins. He lived down here in Boca. I was in Del Rey. I said, hey, my brother, I need your help. He said, come on down. So I went down, handed him the letter. He read it and then he said, so is it true? And I said, yes, it's true. And he said, well, what are we going to do about this? Mm. And the key word there being we, you know, because it was good to have a friend who was like, hey, we're going to figure this thing out. So we um, realized I needed to do a number of things. I needed to apologize and ask for forgiveness, which that doesn't happen in society all the time now. Uh, especially as men, it's hard to say I was wrong and please forgive me, but I needed to say that Um, I needed to get help. I needed to get some counseling, which when I share this story to people, I mentioned, you know what? We are all messed up. We all need counseling. Counseling is not a good thing. It's actually a really good thing. And um, so I needed some counseling um, and I needed to put the baseball cards like in the closet and stop that I needed to figure out how to really hear my wife and how to love her and uh, make her priority um, instead of all the other things that were coming in front of her. So I went home and thankfully she called me that afternoon. She had brought uh, Billy, our son, over to my my parents and she said, why don't you meet me at the beach? So we went to the beach and (laughs) we just cried and I just apologized and thankfully she forgave me and and we started to move on and um you know so here we are now um 34 years in and i i can tell you that it began the healing it's not always been easy marriage is a challenge you know mm-hmm. but it's been wow fantastic we love each other more now than we ever did it grows every day and year and um, and then, you know, when we think, think about this whole idea, Todd, I love your turning trials into triumph. Um, you know, God allows us to go through things so that we can share with other people and help them. And so when uh, one of the things that Kirsten and I do is we help young married couples because we know, I know, without her writing that letter to me, uh, we would have been done and um, we wouldn't have probably had her other two sons and life would just be dramatically different. So we want to help people and we want to help marriages last and be a lifetime, fantastic relationship. So um, that's something that we do uh, nowadays is help, help young married couples. So there you have it, man. (laughs) That is, that is the Bill Hood life story of, uh, Turning trials into triumphs.
Well, thank you for sharing, Bill, um, and and being open and vulnerable. Uh, there's a there's a t- I don't know how many questions I thought of during during that, and and just let them drift by because just listening to you. Um, one 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 thing I want to ask. So, your mom passed away without knowing the Lord. Um, yes, and 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 so that compelled you to share this message of, of hope to share the gospel, right? So, so people realize that it, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to, you don't have to bear this burden, whatever it is, whatever this darkness is, there's light available. Um, so Absolutely. she, but, and I don't know if you shared that with your mom or not. So, so the, there's yeah. that at play. And then I guess what I'm wondering, what, did you have a sense of guilt? Like, like you could have done, <laughs> should have done more. Oh man. You got it, Todd. So, um, yeah. So in those years that I was a believer and knew mom wasn't kind of each time I would board the plane to go to Connecticut, I would say, Hey, this is the time I need to share. And you know, my mom knew she knew I was a Christian. She knew she had been down here to visit us in Florida. She had gone to church. So I can say that mom knew the gospel And of course, there's like that little slim hope that someday maybe I'll get to heaven's here. But the reality is probably not. And so the guilt that comes with any suicide was massive. In Mm -hmm. fact, as my dad stood there that night in uh, the upstairs bedroom of our house in Delray and said, your mom took her life today. The first words out of my mouth, Todd, were I failed. Mm. And so that is so normal for people um, with suicide anywhere around them, family member or friend or anything. We all know that we could have done something else, but that my dad hugged me at that moment and said, Bill, this was not your fault. You know, this was a choice that your mom made. And, um, but, at the same time, that um, that realization that I had something that could have helped my mom um, did drive me and, and does drive me some still. I have to say the guilt side of things is not there. I, I have let go of that, you know, years ago. The sadness of my mom um, taking her life and not knowing that there is a God who's big enough to carry all our burdens. Um, that that's, that's tough. And every once in a while sure. comes up, you know? Sure. Yep. sure. Of course it will. So, so then fast forward to um, the marriage and the struggles you shared. And thank you for sharing that. Yep. And as you think back on that, and you mentioned that you'd get defensive heart, you use harsh words. And where I'm going with this is you, you were forgiven by Kirsten. Um, how did you, if you have, how did you forgive yourself? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it began pretty quickly um, when she, you know, began to just continue to love on me. And explain to me that, you know, there is a way that's a great way that marriage can be and we're going to get there. And um, and so 
I just um, began to ask God for help with all of that, all the feelings that were surrounding it. And um, he did. He, he gave me that. You know, I can tell you that um, the joy in life is really real. Oh, but, oh, yes, there's another important aspect to the uh, depression, anxiety side of things Yeah, uh, that I kind of, I, I forgot to include there and I usually add it into my story now. Um, when we went off to, when I went to Wheaton as a student, they have you fill out that student health questionnaire that says, do you have any of this in your family? You know, mm-hmm. well, yep. My mom took her life. I didn't mention my grandfather. He took his life too. So when the health thing results come back, it says, Hey, be careful. You know, this kind of thing, it might run in your family, right? Oh, forget it. Back then I was like, yeah, I know Jesus. I'm good. I'm happy. No way. I'd never have that. Okay. Flash forward like 40 years <laughs> and I'm, we're outside Wheaton College dorm dropping off our youngest son, Caden. And um, people have been asking us for months, how are you going to do with the empty nest thing, you know, and we were like, we're going to be fine. You know, we're in love. Our marriage is great. Work is good. Everything's great. Well, we're standing outside his dorm and um, I'm not crying. And my wife is, and that, that should have been my first indication. Something was wrong. And um, we get in the car and my wife said to me, Hey, I might be depressed for a couple of days. And in my mind, I thought, why in the world would you be depressed? Everything's great. We get home and that first morning, Todd, I wake up and the house is really quiet Mm. and I get in the car and drive without one of my sons for the first time in 20 years to school. And something just started deep inside me. I just call it the heaviness. The heaviness just started to weigh on me. Went through school the whole day, didn't say anything to anyone, came home, didn't say anything to my wife. Get up the next day. And it's really getting heavy. And I'm like, wow, what is going on? I go into school and I'm sitting at my desk, just sitting there. And my son, older son, who works down the hall, walks in. Hey, dad, how are you doing? And I literally, I just lost it. I was like, I am not good. I don't know what's happening. I can't just click this thing. And so it began a a two-month journey of, of depression for me. And um, I learned what it means to be in that place. Um, And it's one of those things that can trigger some of that is a big change in life and something like, you know, all your sons not being at home anymore or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also have to realize that I do have this kind of a little bit of whatever in me that can go that way. So, I got help again, uh, went and talked to a fantastic counselor friend of mine, um, talked to my wife and text her most days. And, uh, especially on the days where I would just feel kind of heavy, went to our headmaster and told him, he was like, Hey, Bill, anytime you feel anything, you just go home, you know, you just go home and just rest. And so I did that at times. And, um, eventually after two months, it just kind of broke through and went away and, um, and haven't really had it since then. Um, there are actually, I should say, haven't had it like that since then. 
there are moments. Um, and again, it's like when heavy things in life happen, like mm-hmm. our headmaster, who was my mentor, passed away. And looking back at things, it didn't happen right then when he passed, but it happened later when I was looking back and thinking through. Mm-hmm. And then your mind just kind of. So, um, yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I think one of the things I've learned in life, Todd, that's so important is transparency. If we aren't transparent with each other and explain what really, how we're feeling, what we're going through, that is trouble. Oh, and the other thing is, um, this is my little tagline on my men's breakfast event. It's called, um, my tagline is, we're not meant to do life alone, you know? And as men, boy, we try that. And when we do, that is bad. (laughs) We can't do life alone. We got to do it together. Um, So. Yeah, there we go. Wow. Give me some other questions that wow. came up in your mind as I was sharing. Well, if you had one thing that just you sharing that, hopefully whoever needed to hear it hears it. Um, yes. What comes to mind, Bill, is here. Here you are. Uh, you've been walking with the Lord for thirty some years, right? And and. And you're, that doesn't make you immune to this. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through the valley and have dark times. Um, no, but you, probably because of your walk, you were surrounded by people um, that you could go to. Yes. You, knew, you knew the steps that you could take or should take um, to start climbing out of it. Um, Absolutely. And and then you, so you mentioned transparency and who um, transparency is hard. It's super hard. Um, it is. Oftentimes, um, maybe not oftentimes, but it seems to me that if, we, if we're if we in a small group, like if we got a group of men, three, four guys that we meet with regularly, um, yes. they see through our smoke, right? So so we may not be transparent, but but they will call it out anyhow. Like, hey, what are you, what are you, what's, what's going on, Bill? Are you okay? Um, yes. Because not, yes. and I just share that because not everybody it would not not all of us would have the courage to or have that moment have our son walk in and say how you doing and and you know have the breakdown the realization that I have to do something. Uh, most of us right. would just continue to box that up and say I'm good. No, I we're yeah, no. I'm good. It's good. Works good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. No, my one of my dear mentors, spiritual friend of mine, uh, used to say. Uh, Fine, F-I-N-E, is the uh, Christian four-letter F-word because people say, I'm fine, I'm fine, when really they're not fine. (laughs) And they need to let go and realize, nope, I'm not fine, I need help. But that's so good when we look at it. And I think it's getting a little bit better uh, on the kind of overall spectrum of people realizing that we need to... um, we need to let people in and let people know uh, when we're hurting, you know, this over spiritualization of um, mental illness, you know, when people go, well, I'm a Christian, I'm not going to ever have a problem. Uh, no. Or I'm going to pray about this. Well, yeah, we should be praying, but there's also a ton of other things you should be doing, um, you know, and you're, you're spiritual, but you're also physical. So what we eat, how we exercise, 
what we're doing, what we're watching, what we're thinking. I mean, it's so multifaceted. Um, and actually, I've studied the whole anxiety, depression, suicide thing, because when I talk about it, I want to be knowledgeable as I share with people, you know. So there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. You, so you opened up a, a thought that I've had uh, well, for, no, for quite a while, and it's part of the um, this coaching framework I've developed on the on the health of the wellness side of things. There's the obvious physical, right? We need to move this incredible machine, this body that we've been given, right? We, we I think we're designed to do hard things and, and create a little bit of stress and tension for it. The, the second part of it is just the consumption. Like, what, what are you putting in your body? And not just as yes. you just alluded to, it's not just the food. It's what are you allowing in? What are you, what are you watching? Yes. What are you looking at? What are you hearing? What are you listening to? Uh, because all those things affect, affect our health, our mental health, which is, there's a direct correlation between mental, mental and physical health. And if one gets yes. off, the other is going to follow. It just is. Absolutely. I would say something within the past five years, it's been amazing for my uh, mindset. And my um, whole well-being um, has been a gratitude journal. And um, our worship leader, five years ago, we were singing this song, 10,000 Reasons. And he uh, paused in the middle of it. He said, hey, do you guys know if you just wrote down 10 things a day that you were thankful for, in three years, you'd be at 10,000. And I thought about it. And I was like, I went home and I said, that's cool. I'm going to do that. And so I started this gratitude journal and, um, yep, this morning I'm at about 12,900 or something. And it just gives me just to number them out, put in 10 a day. Um, I remember when I hit 10,000, I was like, yes, I have had over the last years, 10,000 things to be thankful for. And when you start your day off <laughs> with thinking about 10 things, and it could be as simple as the blue sky, you know, my grandson, um, you know, life, uh, a warm shower. This, I mean, whatever, yeah. if you think about it, there's hundreds of things a day you can be thankful for. Um, but that whole idea of gratitude, massive, massive mind shift and help to start your day off with. Thank, yeah. Uh, I'm glad, glad you brought it up and shared it. And, and that's something that, uh, this, this notion of a gratitude journal, um, at least in the circles that I'm in, the folks I'm listening to, um, there's a lot of agreement. There's probably, we could probably find hard data and science behind that. And it doesn't have to be, yes. it doesn't have to be this drawn out 45 minute practice. It's like, Hey, pour a cup of coffee, nope. grab, grab a piece yep. of paper or your day planner or your phone and open up your notes and just, you know, th you got it. three things, 10 things, you know what? Coffee, yep. fresh water. These are things I'm very grateful <laughs> for. You got it, man. Um, the football team. The football. Oh yeah, that, that was another that was another fun one, Todd, for me for life. Uh, turning trials into triumphs was um, and career and everything. You know, we didn't even go there, but um, you know, God allowed me to play football at Wheaton College and come down here. We didn't have a tackle football team at Boat Christian at the time. It was flag football, and um, Dr. Tenney's our headmaster, just an amazing man, mentor of mine, so wise. And eventually, after doing flag football for years, it was the right time for us to um, to go to tackle. And God allowed me to um, be the head coach for 10 years and found our uh, Blazer football program. And um, 
you know, just have an amazing time uh, coaching football. And then uh, when God said time to be done there, he brings along Clay Shiver, our head coach, who, you know, won the national championship with the Seminoles in 93, played for the Cowboys. And here he comes, coach Blazer football. So that was huge. Um, and then the other cool trial and the triumph thing that happened in just the past couple of years is that I was um, full time at Boca Christian as a teacher, administrator, eventually director of development uh, for 32 years. And then, um, and then God said, Hey, it's time to go part-time. And that was very interesting uh, to realize that I needed to, I I was just burnt out Mm -hmm. um, and needed a little change, change of pace, change in life. And so being able to go into school still and be part of the alumni and donor relations part of advancement is really fun. And then working with my wife with our, our Juice Plus business and working with my family's auction gallery. I'll tell you what, I am loving life right now. So being able to change and realize that, wow, the change is good when it's done at the right time and for the right reasons and, you know, being tuned into what God's doing in your life um, and asking him for help and direction. Yeah, that's been a real trial and a triumph thing for me in the last couple of years. Super cool. So just doing a, a little quick math. You started at Boca Christian when you were 10, um, went, through, yes. went through school there, came back, served full-time for yes. 30 years plus. Yeah. Um, so I we actually just did the math on this one because we're celebrating our 50th year at Boca Christian. So I looked back and I was like, wow. I was a student for eight and then I was um, on staff for whatever, 32. So maybe 33, I forget, but we figured out I've been part of Boat Christian for like 41, 42 of the 50 years. (laughs) Amazing. So it is, it's fantastic. I'm so grateful for the place that God created and just the way he impacted my life. And then the way he's impacted all of our boys' lives and, all the students who have come through there, it is, yeah, it's a, it's an amazing place and I'm grateful. And, and on the flip side of that, and I, I, I don't have to interview them all to know, but I, I know from what I've seen so far, the incredible impact that you've had in the lives of hundreds, uh, probably thousands mm-hmm. of students, teachers, folks you've interacted with that, that have come through there and that, that you've shared your message of hope with and, and, and truly have impacted their life. So uh, even though I'm fairly new to all the, this community, mm-hmm. on behalf of the community, thanks for all that, Bill. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Even, even yeah. So thank you. Uh, You're welcome. As and well, yeah, that is definitely something that drove me into education. Was realizing that there's a generation of young people and generations of young people who need to know. You know, they need to know. There's a God mm-hmm. who loves them, cares about them. Says son Jesus for him. And um, so being able to do that through school has been magnificent. And then being able to do it through sports and football was like, wow, amazing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Thank you, man. Super cool. Yeah. Great. So as we as we get close to landing this plane, I got one one final thing. Um, if you would yep. offer our listeners one important or impactful question they should be asking themselves like a question for them to be thinking about noodling about what would you offer up 
to our listeners. Wow. Um, I would say that it is asking God, what do you want me doing today? And combine that with a prayer that says, God, speak to me. Um, you know, God does. He has something for us each day. And starting off a day asking him for his guidance and direction, direction, and then asking him to speak to us. He's, he's there. He's real. He's involved. He's a God of relationships. So asking him to speak to you and give you direction of what's supposed to be going on that day. Yeah, that's a powerful one over the years that I've, I've learned. And, and then I would also kind of combine that because I'm the, I'm the huge relational person with who can I help today? Hmm. You know, um, being, being able to look for people who are put in your path of, of life and who you can help. That's massive. And not, not enough of it actually kind of is going on nowadays. So the more times we can look to help and, and love on people, that'd be a great thing to be thinking about. Wonderful. That's just perfect, Bill. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Time, time is precious. Yours is an amazing gift. So thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you, Todd. Great to be with you. Appreciate it. Yes. Yes. Uh, and listeners, thank you for tuning in. I am just so grateful that you're here. Before we go, I just want to offer whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever dream God has put on your heart, remember, you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful, and live life strong. Peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.